Do your kids want more Mystery Kids episodes? Are you sick of the same ones playing every single day? Well, we have the perfect place for you. Head over to become a Patreon today. For $5 a month, you'll get two more bonus episodes, plus episodes that are already in Patreon. Episodes like The Deepest Hole on Earth, The Great Emu War in Australia of 1932, The Bombing of Hawaii's Volcano, The Dancing Plague, The Ohio Grassman, and some animal fact episodes about the pangolin, the ai, the axolotl, and the taipan, plus much, much more. This makes a wonderful birthday present for your kids and gives you way more to talk about as a family, which is the whole point of the Mystery Kids podcast. So for $5 a month, you can get two more bonus episodes plus all the past episodes. To become a patron, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Mystery Kids Pod and sign up today. Thank you so much for your support. On this episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast, we'll be talking about a super volcano that lies in wait underneath the United States of America. Welcome to Mystery Kids Podcast. If you didn't listen to the last episode, that was part one of Super Volcanoes, where I went into what the different scales were of a volcano and a different super volcano eruption. In this episode, we are going to specifically dive into Yellowstone's super volcano that's been lying in wait for its next huge eruption. Now, if you were to go to Yellowstone, you'd be kind of like walking around the park and being like, I don't see any huge like calderas. I don't see any like massive tall volcano. It's because the entire park of Yellowstone is a volcano and that is where you can see like these bubbling geysers and hot springs it's all indications of the activity that's happening right below the surface so the term super volcano implies that there's an eruption of a magnitude 8 on the volcano explosive explosivity index the vei indicating eruptions more of more than 25 or 250 cubic miles of magma so yellowstone has had at least three eruptions the three eruptions were 2.1 million years ago 1.2 million years ago and 64 uh, 640 thousand years ago there was about they were about six thousand seven hundred and twenty five hundred times larger than the eruption of mount st helens in washington state so the last eruption that happened in yellowstone was 64 640,000 years ago, uh, the Yellowstone eruption area collapsed upon itself. So that means it fell down into itself and it created a sunken giant crater or it's called a caldera. So it, when something it kind of collapses inwards on itself, it's called a crater. Um, and it was 1,500 square miles. Um, the magma heat power that, that came out of that eruption um, still powers the park's famous geysers, hot springs, fumaroles, and mud pots. So I'm going to kind of go into some of the things that you might see if you've never been to Yellowstone, which I highly recommend that is somewhere you should put on your like to go to list. Um, from where I live, it's probably about a 
I don't know, about five, six hour drive. So I've been there quite a bit in my life. In fact, me and my husband went there on our honeymoon and we're able to go drive around. And I just think that Yellowstone is absolutely fascinating. Okay, so I'm going to be reading from a book that we have as a family. It's called What I Saw in Yellowstone. It's a kid's guide to Wonderland, which is Yellowstone's nickname. So I will have this in the link. If you go through our link that I'm going to have in the bio to our website, I will have this book, um, which is really cool. I'll go into more of it because it talks about some of the wildlife you can see there. Um, it's got a map. It's perfect. It's like the best edition if you're going to go to Yellowstone and you want your own little book to know what's going on. So one of the biggest like symbols of Yellowstone National Park, and in fact, I drew it as the coloring page for this episode. So don't forget to grab your free coloring page on our website is the Old Faithful Geyser. It is recognized by people all over the world. But nothing is as exciting as watching the geyser erupt in person. And each year, millions will go to Yellowstone National Park to see it erupt. Geysers are found in the volcanic area in Yellowstone. So you're in this caldera in the center of the volcano, but the molten lava or the magma is underground. So it's really, really, really hot. The heat from the magma combined with the groundwater creates the park's hot springs, geysers, and other thermal features. And I'll also have um, a video of our website of all the faithful erupting. Um, beneath the surface of the hot spring, there are various cracks and openings that allow the groundwater to reach the surface. Geysers are like hot springs, except geysers have narrow cracks or little openings beneath them. These narrow openings make it hard for the hot water and steam to rise to the surface. But eventually so much pressure builds up that water and steam squeezes through a narrow crack and shoots to the surface, erupting as a geyser. And we were watching a video where it talks about that this little narrow crack that Old Faithful squeezes through is only five inches. It's, I mean, that's teeny tiny. It's a five inch gap. And that's how all the water squirts up so high from it. It was named Old Faithful because it's very faithful. Um, the time between eruptions does vary depending on the length of the previous eruption. But after a short eruption, Old Faithful doesn't need as much time to get ready for the next show, perhaps only an hour. After a longer eruption, it needs more time, maybe between 90 minutes to recharge before it blows again. Old Faithful has been studied so much and its eruptions are so regular that it's the most predict predictable geyser on earth. Estimated eruption times are posted on clocks in Old Faithful Inn and in the Visitor's Center. So when the water shoots out, there's millions of or thousands of gallons of water into the air. And the water can go from 106 to 180 feet above the ground. That's crazy. So this is kind of an interesting fact. Old Faithful Geyser isn't the largest geyser in Yellowstone, but it is the most regular. Steamboat Geyser is the tallest, but it's not as dependable. It may not erupt for many years. So we talked about what a geyser is, which a geyser is water kind of underneath the Earth's surface. It's kind of in this... Um, almost call it like like this underground bubble right this underground cave that's just full of water and underneath that 
is magma right from this volcano and it heats up this water until there's so much pressure i don't know if you've had like a teapot on a stove but when you turn on the when you turn on the stove and it heats up the teapot all of a sudden the teapot will start whistling right because there's so much steam and power from it well this is heating it up so hot that eventually the water just skyrockets out of it because there's so much pressure so now we're going to learn about mud pots mud pots so if you go to Yellowstone, you'll smell the mud pots before you see them. So it's got sulfide gas that comes through the mud and it gives this like sulfur or rotten egg smell. Kind of smells really, really gross, but they are so, so, so cool. So the mud pots, what they are is they are obviously this like big thing of mud and they're really, really hot. They're not somewhere where you'd want to touch or anything, but what happens is because they're so hot, there are bubbles that start to form. And it's really cool because they kind of can like burst in slow motion. So you'll see like the bubbles starting form, you know, like if you're um, watching normal bubbles made out of water and soap and they pop really fast. Well, mud bubbles, because they're thicker, they're really, really fun to like watch them start to create and then burst, which I will also have some images of these on the website as well. Next up is a hot spring, which is exactly what it sounds like a hot spring. So springs are kind of places that have this fresh water. So what you see is there's water in a hot spring. It seeps through the bedrock, the rock below, um, and becomes really heated. It's called superheated at the depth. And what happens is the hot water will rise up to the surface. So it kind of creates like this circulated water and it is beautiful. Again, I'll have more images on our website, but they are bright colored. They are all different. There's so many different ones. In fact, that's the most um, unique thing you'll see at the park is just these huge pools of just this hydrothermal water hot springs all over the place. And the reason that they become, they come in such bright and differing colors is because there's microorganisms growing. So little, little pieces of life growing all around this area because of the heat. And so it can, like it has, there's just so many different colors of them. You can see they go from like where you look down into the hole where the water is rising from, from like the superheated water. It's this like most gorgeous turquoise, dark blue. And then goes out to the edges where it's like yellow, bright, bright yellow and orange and greens. And uh, it's just absolutely beautiful. So there is tons of hot springs that you can go and check out. And you definitely need to go see them in person because they are just incredible to see. Next up is the fumaroles or the steam vents. So these steam vents exist when there's that hydrothermal thermal feature like a hot spring but it doesn't have as much water in it and so what happens is the water boils away before it even reaches the surface so it just steams and gases come to the surface and sometimes with how the vents are created it'll hiss or whistle and they are extremely hot with temperatures as high as 280 degrees fahrenheit that's really really hot don't touch that so it is absolutely incredible and on cool days what you'll look at is you'll look at the side of the mountain and you'll just see steam everywhere because it's so hot coming out from the side of the mountain 
So the next part is a travertine terrace. So they're formed by limestone. So this hot water rises through the limestone and it it has dissolved limestone, limestone inside of it. And it's almost this chalky white mineral that forms on top of the rock. So it looks like these like stripes or almost like ice steps that are naturally built. They're absolutely beautiful. Um, one of the most famous places to go to is Mammoth Hot Spring Terraces. So they are just absolutely gorgeous. It almost has this effect of like a frozen waterfall because it looks like ice steps carved out of it. And then you also have the organisms that start to grow on it because they love the heat. It is stunning to see in person. And again, I'll have more pictures on the website. So those are just some of the features that you can see if you go to Yellowstone and they all come from underneath the surface, this giant super volcano. So this super volcano is 30 by 45 miles. This is a massive volcano and in Yellowstone, they can have about 1,500 to 2,000 earthquakes a year. And in fact, that usually makes about 4.7 earthquakes a day. Many of those earthquakes aren't really felt as often though. In fact, it's not very often that they have large enough ones that you really feel what's going on. In fact, if you go back to our very, very first episode, it is an area just outside of Yellowstone earthquake lake and that had the massive earthquake which created the mountain slide that slid down and created earthquake lake so go back and listen to our very first episode if you missed that one because that's just outside of Yellowstone is Yellowstone National Park is the super volcano gonna erupt anytime soon well a lot of people say it's overdue for a massive eruption but if you actually look at how long between the other ones and the last three major eruptions, it's been about 725,000 years. So that means there's still about 100,000 years to go. So that's okay. I mean, we are never sure what's going on beneath the surface, but there are lots of scientists watching and trying to figure out an exact or rough exact date of when things will occur. So I live in Utah. That's where Porter and our whole family lives. And we live up in the mountains. We're not very far from this. So how would this affect us or the area around us? Similar to the last episode, we talked not only would it affect the um, would it affect the area around it, probably involving another caldera um, because of the large volcanic eruption and then the earth coming back down upon itself, but it would cause massive earthquakes around the area. And if you don't know, Utah actually had a Utah had a 5.7 magnitude earthquake last year, which was one of the largest we've had in a very, very long time. But Yellowstone National Park is actually located in Wyoming, which is the state right above Utah. I talk a lot about Utah because I'm from there, so I know a lot about Utah. Anyway, so what else would happen? So not only would we have large earthquakes, um, we would also have volcanic ash that gets spread into the air. And this would travel for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles, maybe even thousands of miles across the United States, which could kill crops and would kind of change the climate 
of America for quite a long time. In fact, it would probably change the world climate for a while. Like in the last episode, that last volcano that erupted, the last super volcano, it actually affected Europe, even though it was thousands and thousands of miles away from Europe. So it's not likely that Yellowstone's going to erupt anytime soon. So I say give it a chance and go check out Yellowstone because it is an absolutely beautiful place to go be and spend time. You can go check Old Faithful out and see it erupt. You can see the Midway Geyser Basin. You can go to West Thumb Geyser Basin. Go to Yellowstone Lake, which is absolutely incredible and beautiful. Um, You can go to the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. It is stunning and uh, just one of the most beautiful places. Um, and then go to Mammoth Hot Springs. You can go to the 45th parallel, which is halfway between the equator and the North Pole. And you can head to Roosevelt Arch, which is where the arch was put down. And President Theodore Roosevelt was vacationing in 1903. And he went and attended this ceremony where he laid down the cornerstone to this arch. And on this arch, it says, for the benefit and the enjoyment of the people. If you do decide to go to Yellowstone National Park, in fact, most national parks have this. If you're between five to 12 years old, you can become a junior ranger. It is so, so neat. So what happens is you get a booklet at any of the visitor centers. You complete the booklet and the activity and they will get you an award of a ranger patch. You can also become a young scientist. It's from all kids ages five and up. And what happens is you'll go ahead and learn all about these different plants and different things that you can find in this area. You can also find those at the education centers. And if you'd like to really get to know the park rangers, there's a bunch of ranger led programs that are there. Absolutely cool. I remember being young and being like, oh, I just want to be a junior ranger when I grow up. So a lot of information of today's podcast episode came from what I saw in Yellowstone, A Kid's Guide to Wonderland. Um, I actually think that they might have other versions as well. I wish we would have got one. Um, we went to the Grand Canyon back in March and I wish we would have checked out and seen if we could have found one of those then. So anyways, this is just great. I think every kid should have one if you go to Yellowstone. So it's the end of the episode and what I've been doing is strange and weird creatures, which I'm not going to go into because there really isn't too many strange creatures in Yellowstone, but there's some fascinating facts about Yellowstone creatures that I can't wait to share to- with you. There are 67 different species of mammals living in Yellowstone National Park, which is ma- which makes it the largest concentration of animals in of mammals in the lower 48 states. With such a wide variety of animals throughout the park, people are often eager to learn about them and they want to know more about the wildlife. So let's talk about something you can see there, which last time I went to Yellowstone, we actually saw a grizzly bear, like a real live grizzly bear. It was wandering with its baby. It was so cool. Um, So it was really neat to see like an actual grizzly bear in the wild. So grizzly bears are really big, like really, really big. Males can grow to be a largest 700 pounds and with all that weight you'd think they'd be super slow but in fact they can reach top speeds of 40 miles per hour that's faster than your average rabbit wild-tailed deer or a house cat and if you've seen a cat run around your house you know they can be pretty quick 
Now imagine adding 700 pounds to their size and that would be pretty impressive. They're adept at swimming and in the spring they can be often seen emerging from hibernation. So if you're in Yellowstone and you see a bear, you don't go up to the bear, but you can watch safely from your car. In fact, when my mom and dad, they actually went on their honeymoon or they went on a camping trip after they got married and they went to Yellowstone as well. They slept in their truck and during the night, their truck started moving. They're like, what is that? They realized a bear was climbing into the back of their truck. And the bear actually got a can of soda and bit into it. And they still have the can with the bite marks today. So if you're camping in Yellowstone, you got to be very, very careful that all your food and garbage is out of the way. In fact, you'll notice most of the garbages have safety locks on them to make sure that bears can't get into them. Next cool creature is called the bison. So bison have called Yellowstone its home since the prehistoric time. Um, they are so neat to see and they are amazing massive. They are the largest mammal mammal in North America. So it's their home. And there was a time where the Yellowstone bison almost was extinct. In fact, in 1902, there were only about two dozen bison living in the park at the time. Through careful, conservative efforts, bison are once again flourishing in Yellowstone. And there's estimated of about 5,000 living near the park. That's crazy that there used to only be about 24 and now there's 5,000. So they stick together. They go in a herd together. And usually if you go to Yellowstone, you will see them traveling in a herd together. Also make sure you don't get too close to them because you don't want to come across a herd of bison and get stampeded between them. So the next really neat animal is the wolf. Between 1926 and 1995, there were no wolves in Yellowstone. That is absolutely crazy. In fact, by the mid 1900s, there were no evidence evidence of any wolves living in the park, which the gray wolf was normal there, but they had been hunted down to extinction in this area. So in 1995, 31 gray wolves were relocated to Yellowstone from Canada, and it was such a great success. And in 2015, that it was estimated that 528 wolves resided in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem, and they are important, so important to the park itself. So that's kind of crazy that there's just a chance that there was none. And now they're just an important aspect of the park. In fact, on my honeymoon with my husband, we actually got to saw, see a wolf in the wild. It crossed the road in front of us and it was one of the neatest experiences because they're usually not seen at all. So there's some fun facts about the different wildlife that you might find in Yellowstone. And they do have some parks outside of Yellowstone where you can go see these different animals just in case you don't get to see them in the park. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We're so grateful to have you here. And I hope that you're following us on the Mystery Kids podcast on Instagram. And make sure to check out our website, which I'll have linked below. Um, and on the website, you, there's going to be a lot of information with this episode. Porter's Ponderings. Would you like to go see Yellowstone National Park? What would you like to see in Yellowstone?
what would be your favorite animal to see there? Do you think the super volcano will erupt soon? On the next episode of the Mystery Kids podcast, we'll be talking about an iceberg and the largest ship in the world. What do you think happens? Thanks for listening.